have to win there. Painter understands. Oh, anybody. John Hawkins baptizing the masses. Trying to save it. Jump ball here and kept in play by Edwards. What a great numbers. Take it numbers. Edwards steps it in. It is Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. Happy New Year to all the Boilermakers out there. You're listening to the first 2022 episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. Full crew tonight, I'm Tanner Lee, along with Andrew Eiler and Evan Webb. First off, Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year. Well, I wish I could say Purdue Sports (laughs) got off to a better start in the new year, but we'll... We'll talk about that in the back half of the podcast. Let's, we don't the, have to. The highs and lows of being a Purdue fan. Oh, isn't it ever? I I had to laugh last night on the message board. Somebody posted it, and they might be listening to this podcast. If so, I'm calling you out. They said Purdue just can never be good at basketball and football at the same time. I'm thinking, <laughs> I still think we're pretty good at both right now. Yeah, I think we're all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we'll get to basketball a little bit later, but oh. – but first, we got a football game to talk about. Yes, we do. Man, we're only and, a W in a football game. Not this, according to this, Paul Feinbaum <laughs> or Dick Vitale. Evan, is this the most satisfying Purdue football win for like your life? Ooh, man, pretty damn close. Probably. Yeah, this one was nice. This one was real nice. <laughs> Just what an instant Evan, classic that, of a bowl yeah. game. I mean. Emotional roller coaster. I mean, if you got up to go get a snack or use the restroom in the third or fourth quarter, you probably missed a touchdown. Yeah, the yeah. that fourth quarter was ridiculous. The last, oh, the last like six minutes was stupid. Yeah. Well, I uh, I said a, a friend of mine, a coworker who's a friend who lives lives in Nashville, is a Tennessee, a huge Tennessee fan. Um, he was at the game. He actually he was trying to convince me to come down. You know, when the game was announced, but. I didn't want to subject myself to 62,000 of those people. <laughs> just and mostly just after we kind of talked about it with, with the ATV podcast, which shout out to those guys for having Tanner, I, Tanner and I on, on a couple weeks ago. Um, just our showing last time at the Music City Bowl was not, I felt it was not worth me going down there and subjecting myself to potentially I still have PTSD of it, to be honest. Yeah. But when, uh, so he was at the game and I was watching on YouTube TV. So a little bit of delay and, you know, they score pretty easily. And then all, all of a sudden I get a text from him saying, Oh, it's going to be like that today. Huh? And I thought it was like, Oh crap. Like we, cause we had the ball. And I was like, Oh God, we threw a pick six or something. But all of a sudden that's when Brock Thompson had his, you know, 70 yard touchdown or whatever. And I was like, all right, better start than what we saw in 2018. Yeah. I was pretty nervous when they got out to a 21 to seven start in it. They were just killing us with their speed and the deep ball. I'm like, here we go again. But yeah. credit the guys. I mean, they clawed and scratched and fought. And at halftime, the Boilers had the lead. Yeah, I mean, what was the score of in the Auburn game? It was like 56 to 7, I think, something like that. I think they only scored once in the second half because they called off the dogs. And the final was... ended up being 63 14 was the final. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like 56. Because I think we won the second half, technically, because <laughs> they didn't do anything. But well, I'm pretty sure it was, it was... 56 to 7. Well, that game that game was over three minutes into the game. Like it yeah. was, it was like twenty-one nothing, like middle of the first quarter. Yeah. So yeah, it, the fact that I mean, even like so, my friend who was there, he even texted me. He's like, "Congrats, you just gave us our worst second quarter all season, like worst offensive." And I was like, I mean, "The fact that we held them scoreless was something." And mm-hmm. I know Tanner, you and I talked about it on the other pod, on the Tennessee podcast that our defense was definitely our biggest worry, just mm-hmm. because we were missing Carlotta's, we were missing Mackey, we were missing. We ended up missing a couple other guys that we didn't even know about at the time when we did that podcast. But, you know, our defense was schemed around Carl Loftus and the fact that we weren't going to have him, you know, I don't know how we were going to respond. And the fact just it was an offensive style that we had never seen. We're not going to see that in the Big Ten, most likely. Um, 
Yeah, and just, I mean, SEC speed is real. Um, as much as we want to joke about it and hate on it, it's, it's a legit thing. And they definitely, I mean, thank God Hooker wasn't, or, yeah, Henderson was, was yeah. Hooker's uh, a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Thank God he wasn't as accurate as he could have been down the field because it could have been, it could have been ugly had he been a bit more accurate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, but I thought a lot of guys stepped up on defense. I mean, you already, oh, yeah. you already talked about it. Uh, Carl Loftus was out. Um, Dean ended up being out. OC mm-hmm. Brothers ended up being out. Um, yeah, we had what? Matthews was out. out. One guy out to grades, one opt out. We had a couple guys out for COVID, a couple with injury. So, I mean, you had guys like playing, you know, double. And just because of the way their offense was rolling, we couldn't get subs in. You had guys playing, you know, twice as many snaps as they're, as they're used to. And so, I mean, it definitely took a toll on the guys. You could tell by the end of it. I mean, you can talk. I mean, we have a conversation about, you know, were the injuries legit or not? I mean, I think de- I think some definitely were. Maybe a few of them might have been. I think one of Lawrence Johnson was definitely a just right. sit <laughs> just sit down. But right. I think a lot of Jalen Alexander's were legit because I think he was. I think he was strong. I mean, he had he led the team in tackles or something. He was he everywhere. Had 20 tackles, and, I believe. Yeah, 19, I mean, he, yeah. I just think yeah. It was. I mean, these guys were just gassed. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a rule that needs changed or altered in football. I mean, not only college, but pro. I've seen teams do it. I remember at a Colts-Titans game one time, and the Colts used to be so up-tempo, the Titans literally just started falling down because, yeah. I mean, the refs can't say, hey, he's faking yeah. it for, for sure. So until they alter that rule, I mean, maybe, maybe if the player comes off the field – he has to sit I was that talking, series I was talking, or something. I was I talking with my, with my friend, and he said he was saying the same thing. He's like, they should I get a rule. Like, if you come off, if you if you are injured, you you are out that drive. Yeah, that's like, fair. I think that would definitely, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, I I, I, say, I think a lot of ours were legit. Uh, I think they were, I think, obviously, I think there was definitely some that was, especially towards the end, but I think yep. that'd be just overall for football, that'd be a, a better rule change. I, I wanted to hit on some of the defensive guys I thought that stepped up. I know you you talked about a lot of guys playing double the amount of snaps what they're used to. Saw some guys really get their first action, but mm-hmm. I thought Jack Sullivan and Demarcus Mitchell. I thought those guys stepped up huge. I mean, we'd been hoping for a performance like that on Mitchell all year, and we never had really seen it. And mm-hmm. He kind right. of filled in for the role from George. I mean, I don't know if he ever actually had a sack, but he was putting pressure on Hooker all day long. I think he did have a sack. I think we had two sacks, and he was one of them. Okay. Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell and Sullivan. Okay. So, yeah, and then, like I said, Jalen Alexander was great. Um, And Sanusi Kane, man, I mean, for a guy who hadn't played much this season, and he played all 100% of the snaps Mm -hmm. out there uh, for a redshirt freshman, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, I guess. That size and speed. What the the safety the uh, I think it was a JUCO Jefferson oh, Jefferson yeah Jefferson. He had huge. Huge. I think he did he moved a corner as a safety but I think he filled in a corner maybe maybe some corner I don't remember really seeing or I don't know where he was lined up yeah. I guess but he, he was he's the one who made the stop on fourth down in regulation yep when they when Heupel was trying to be ballsy and making stupid coaching decisions. but well, Their fan base don't want to bring that up. No. They just want to talk about, you know, getting hosed by the refs or uh, all the penalties getting thrown, but they don't want to talk about how their, their coach opted out of extending the lead in the fourth and went for a fourth and one. And then towards the end of the game when they just need to probably get 10 more yards, maybe 15 more yards to get in comfortable field goal range, he chucked it deep twice. Which I'm not even sure the chucking even I'm not even sure that's even high pull. That could have just been right. a hooker. Could have been. Which right. I, I don't know. Um I, mean, I don't. infuriates me. Like Purdue does it too on like Oh yeah. Like third and or we'll, two. Or we'll like, like, we'll, it like thirty five yards downfield. I don't know, waiting for a penalty. I know I, I Or we'll have drives where we we'll do right. three straight runs. It's like what the hell are we I think we even did it in that game. It's just like what are we doing? This is not who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a little frustrating, but yeah, I think yeah, I, I couldn't believe that they did that because I was like, man, all, I mean, they had all their timeouts. So I could not believe they didn't try just a little slant or even just running it. I mean, our, our, I mean, we did a decent job of stopping the run, but not like it was – we weren't stuffing them by any means. So I'm really surprised no. that they didn't try and make it easier. They hit on a few big, big-time runs, long oh, runs. Yeah. And, and, but speaking of the run game, I thought that was key to Purdue's win, at least in the first mm-hmm. half. Purdue ran the ball about as well as they had all year. Yeah, kept them honest. I mean, it was good to have yeah. Horvath back in there. Just, just his size was – it's awesome to have finally. Um, it was yeah. I mean, he, he it wasn't the you know, didn't light up the 
the stat sheet, but I thought he had a pretty good last game as a Boilermaker. Yeah, that screen pass to him was beautiful. I mean, he mm-hmm. caught it and ran downhill full speed, and he didn't want to go out of bounds. No. They kind of forced him to, but uh, definitely going to miss him next year. I thought King Doru, though, had some good runs. Yeah, I thought um, he looked good. I'm interested That's to see if, if, if we go shopping in the portal for one more since Christopher Brooks backed out and went to BYU. But Samson James, though, come, is yeah. becoming eligible. Got some freshmen coming in, too, but it's hard for a freshman usually to come in and see a lot of time at the running back position in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, offense, we could talk the whole podcast about our <laughs> offense, I think. I mean, did, did you guys see uh, so Brock Thompson with I don't know how many catches for 217 yards and two touchdowns or something? Did you see him on crutches after the game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew he was, yeah. they kept, I mean, obviously they talked about it the entire game if you were listening about how he's going to have knee surgery, but I didn't know it was both knees. Both knees. Yeah, those commentators had like three storylines and just yeah. rode them the entire five hours of that game. It was I, Tennessee's I was, offense, Aiden O'Connell's a walk-on, and Purdue's without half their team is what it felt like all their storylines were. I, I was waiting for Zach Eady used to play hockey and Isaac Haas' <laughs> shoe size. Those were the two I was waiting on to I come out. the bingo card. <laughs> but, yeah, Brock, that was just all guts. I mean, you know, I was talking to my dad afterwards. I'm like, it's it's recency bias, but I'm like, you know, we we remember the Foster Farms Bowl with Elijah Sindelar and Anthony Mahongu gutting so it out gonna, when he I broke gonna, his collarbone. Guys, this was an Anthony Mahongu performance, but I couldn't remember how to spell his name. So like, I right. <laughs> you could have just said the French wide receiver. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Thompson's performance was even a little better than that, I'd oh, yeah. say. And then O'Connell's performance was right there with Sindelar's, even though Sindelar was getting it out through a torn ACL. But mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, I mean, and of course, it sweetens the deal when both of those performances ended up with in dramatic wins. Mm-hmm. But uh, Thad Mooney said, "Did you know his knees were messed up? Did you know AOC was H string?" Yeah, honestly, I did, and until they said, I did not know that about the whole. Incredible. Then they repeated it about fifty more times during the game. But the, I, 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 was, I thought uh, maybe I, maybe it's maybe it's just because December thirtieth. Seems so long ago, even though it's only January fifth. But uh, I thought—I I swear, I thought Tanner, you had sent that or tweeted out the depth chart from like four years ago, where it had everybody on it. You did. You was eighth. It was because it was during that game, that because it was Kyle yeah. Charter. Yes, yes, yes thank you. Yep. Yeah, yep. So it was after the game. Oh, yep. was it? Was it the IU game when they were the walk-on too? They had the walk-on quarterback. Was that what it was? I feel like I saw that. No, no yeah, it, it was, was during. It was during the movie. It was, or no, oh, it was during the game. Keep going to call it that. It's not another city bowl. I thought yeah, you were so saying only- I personally tweeted out. Like, I, 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 <laughs> no, I, I knew he I was down there. But it, didn't they say on the game, if oh, I'm not mistaken, gosh. he actually was not even, like, since he was so far down the depth chart his first he year, was he, was, he was receiver on the practice <laughs> squad, not even a quarterback. Well, on the scout team. There's only way he's going to be on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's not that's in the You could almost make a movie. About yeah. this, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, yeah, he threw three interceptions, but I, I, I knew one was coming soon. I mean, not only had he gone so many, you know, two hundred plus throws without one, but you're without David Bell and Milton Wright, your top two targets. So you're gonna have to trust some guys that you probably don't have quite the chemistry with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he threw three picks, but I mean, my God, he threw five touchdowns and well over five hundred yards. Mm-hmm. I, I missed the first quarter for work, and I, I remember I, – I think I only saw one of his interceptions. I just remember it being fairly bad. Oh, it was that. the third one, yeah, yeah where yeah. I think he thought Anthrop was running in and he ran out, I don't, but it was so off. It was – wow, yeah. Um, all three were pretty bad. His first one was in the end zone. Second one was on the out route by the sidelines. All three were pretty bad. But uh, There was the one – I think it was the second one. The linebacker was right yep. there, and I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, obviously – I can't speak to what he saw, but it was just like, yeah, that was that looked pretty bad. But he made uh, some big throws when it counted. Um, so pumped to have him back next year for sixth year. It's nice knowing who our quarterback's going to be going into the yeah. season for the first time in what feels like a decade. Who would have been the last quarterback? I guess Sindelar didn't even start – or not Sindelar. O'Connell didn't even start game one this year, so it's not even like we're having back-to-back starters no, the, the last back-to-back starter was Cinderella 17 and 18 yeah, I know I'm saying it wasn't even this yeah. year that O'Connell would yeah well, when's the last time we had a quarterback start and finish back-to-back seasons painter well technically start and finish at Blau in 2016 and 27 
No, start and finish two seasons. Oh, okay. actually, wow. actually he, 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 didn't start, he, he, didn't, he didn't start that. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, O'Connell didn't start. Right. So yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, yeah, you would have to go back to Curtis Painter, I wow. believe, because yeah, because Turbush started. Turbush was academically suspended the first game, so yeah. Marv started and Marv ended up finishing that season. And then Henry started down 13, but then it was Etling by the end. Then it Appleby. was Etling and Appleby. Then Appleby and Blau. And just, <laughs> oh, man. Just, it's kind of like the uh, defensive coordinator situation, <laughs> which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, going through nine now in 14 years or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this bowl game was fun. Just fun football game. I mean, it was the highest rated bowl game outside of the New Year's Six Bowls. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. I mean, if you if you're if you have no interest in the team, it was just it was the perfect game because there was you know high scoring back. It was back and forth. You know, especially at the end, just both teams throwing haymakers. It was yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, it was obviously super anxiety inducing near the end, but I mean. That's what we wanted. I mean, that's what we talked about on the Tennessee Fighters. It was like we just we didn't want punters. We just wanted to just air it out all game long. And I mean, we, we haven't talked about Payne Durham. Um, oh his man, touchdown was David Bell and Rondale Moore esque of just you know not giving up. And I don't know what Tennessee guys. I mean, they probably assume they thought he was close to out of bounds, but and it was probably one of the slowest touchdown runs I've ever seen. He was gassed. I thought I thought for sure he was going to fumble at the end. I thought Well, right what would have pissed me off was number 22 was out of bounds and came back in and darn near tried to force that fumble. Yeah. You can't go out of bounds without getting pushed out of bounds and come back in. I don't think that matters for defenders. Does it not? Okay. I don't think so all unless right. like now had there been a fumble and all that I don't know, but yeah. I don't think as a defend I don't think it matters okay. for that. All right. But I don't don't quote me on that. Mooney, our rules resident rules. Yeah, he always looks it up for us. <laughs> let us know. Um, but yeah, it was just a wild game, entertaining game, um, fun for all the Purdue fans who made the trip down. Um, shout out to the Purdue band member who kept his composure. Um, <laughs> Better than yeah. a lot of us. The uh, Tennessee fans are still toxic, still crying. Almost a week later, still crying yeah. about it. Oh my! I've um, collected SEC them. media. I've collected them in this glass, and I'm really <laughs> enjoying it. Hey, Paul Feinbaum said, uh, put some graphic up and gave Tennessee the win. Didn't even give us the field goal either. Yeah. Um, what makes me laugh about this whole situation is okay. His knee was not down, so yeah. my guess is the ref kind of not only did he did he thought his forward progression stopped, he probably blew it thinking his knee was down because that's what yeah. it looked like in, in, in real time. But the replay shows it wasn't, and he did get the ball across the goal line, but after his teammate pulls him across, which is illegal. Right. And um, everybody's acting like Tennessee scores their game over. Yeah. Purdue was still getting the ball back. Tennessee yeah. had barely stopped Purdue all game. And, and Why are they so confident it, they were going to stop him? When you watch it in slow motion, it's like clear, like, oh, yeah, he's moving. But if you watch it in real time where it's like, oh, he actually is stopped for right. yeah. a like good a second, second and a half. Yeah. And right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, he's not moving. And all yeah. of a sudden, now he is. Like, Part of me, even though I am enjoying all the crying and the whining, part of me wishes that would have counted. We would have got the ball back, scored, went for two, and beat them. Then what would they be complaining about? No, they were, I mean, I was getting – I said my friend, he's probably not – I don't know if he's listening or not, but he was telling me that this game had an asterisk next to it well before the fourth quarter just because of all the PIs and all that stuff, so – we could have ended the game a lot earlier. We had yeah. a few chances on fourth down and, and didn't stop them. So I mean, our red zone offense was. I mean, I was a little yeah. worried when we were when we were only kicking. It was like this is not going to be enough with this. But thankfully, the second quarter. Yeah. yeah, thankfully we held them in the second quarter. And we how about them shot. taking out our punter? We could complain yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Receivers not being set on their touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, we just knew they were going to be overly aggressive on their defensive backs and hold and stuff, and they're not disciplined, so we took advantage yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, come on. But uh, um, I think we should hit on it now the defense coordinator. It was official today, Brad Lambert, who was only in one year down at Purdue, leaving to be the defense coordinator at Wake Forest. Uh, kind of bummer. Yeah. News. I don't think it's devastating by any means, but – Still hate to see a guy go who's only been with the staff one year and had decent amount of success this year. What's his connection? Was has he been there before? Is he yeah. from? Okay, he I was a D coordinator for like ten years there. Yeah, he was there for a long time before he went to Charlotte to be the head coach. Okay, and his wife still lives in Charlotte. 
Interesting. So, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, I get. I mean, knowing that, it makes sense. And maybe it's one thing. I, I don't know how old he is. He looks old. He's. Um, I mean, I think he's been around. Yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's yeah. a defensive coordinator in the ACC. In the ACC. Yeah. 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 Ten years. I mean, to get to that point, he probably was working his way up for a while. Yeah. I mean, this could be like this could be just a. Hopefully, he can stick it out until retirement, sort of thing. Just, I mean, at a familiar place and in area that he knows really well, and I'm sure he's got obviously a ton of connections in that area for recruiting or whatever it may be. But um, a bit of a head scratcher, I thought, just because I mean, I feel like we've got so much momentum going into next year that mm-hmm. it's like, I mean hopefully only building up and I'd love to see kind of the defense stay intact. But I mean, you even saw some, some defensive players kind of tweeting, you know, not again, here we go again, sort of thing, but hopefully, hopefully we don't lose any guys because of it. I don't think we will, but you know, knock on wood, but as long as we can keep Hagen and, you know, English and some of the other guys, I'll be, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, Brian Newbert today on the golden black on the chat made it sound like he expects English to be, promoted to the play caller, Hagen keep the co-defensive coordinator title, and then fill in the how many ever position coaches they need to fill in. Yeah. I think um I, I was I was thinking about that. I was like I, I, I was I was thinking we should do Hagen. We should promote Hagen. But then I was like, man, if that's so he'll probably Brahma want him in the booth. I think Hagen just has such a fiery personality that I think he's perfect for on the field, kind of like a Nick Holt was where he you know his attitude was infectious and kind of sets the tone. So if it I mean at the end of the day, as long as we win, they're all getting paid right. well. I hope, hope everybody's happy and winning. English English was a defensive coordinator somewhere else before, wasn't it? Like Michigan, I, think, I think he's been D.C. at Michigan. He's been defensive back coach at Florida. He's been head coach at yeah, Eastern Michigan. Yeah, so he's head coach at Eastern Michigan. I thought um, he was a defensive coordinator somewhere else. In Hagen, I looked, he's been co-defense coordinator at a lot of stuff, but I don't think he's ever been solely mm-hmm. the D.C. Adam Bartels so, from Full Steam Ahead Podcast. He texted Tanner. He said that uh, – he is 56 years old, so hopefully I can see this you know, being a, a gig he takes for a couple of years. And, Lambert? Yeah, yeah, and kind of just rides off into the sunset. Yeah, I know Wake Forest head coach just got a pretty uh, – I mean, and they're, I mean they're, so. they had a pretty good year, too. They won 10 Wake, games. They won 10 <laughs> games, which is you know unheard of in Wake Forest, it yeah. feels like. So yeah. there's obviously a lot of momentum there. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this is what it ACC's is. ACC probably a little easier conference than the Big Ten, I'd say. Yeah, you've got really one team that you're competing against. Like, that's a powerhouse versus – I could argue three or four. I think Crystal Ball will get Miami, Florida back pretty fast, but uh, yeah, but we'll see. Um, Florida State should be a lot better than they are, but um, that's a topic for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I just hope we don't lose too many more coaches. But Newbert made it sound like some others might be. I mean, leaving since too. in Brahms' tenure, nobody on the offense has left. I don't think. Really? Maybe a tight end coach or something. I mean, you had special teams. Special uh, teams, yeah. Yeah, offense between yep. Shepard, Brian Brom, Barkley. Yep. Like the, the big – the wide receiver, the offense, co-offensive coordinators and right. running back coach. Barkley is one I was worried about because he played at Wake Forest, didn't he? Yep. That's why when Lambert was like, oh, boy, I don't know if he'll try and – I don't know what their situation I, is. I don't think they but. have any other openings okay. as far as I've read. But but there's rumors that they might he might try to bring Adams, our cornerback coach, with him. Because so, he came with him, he came from Charlotte, basically yeah. coached with him at Charlotte. Coached with him at Charlotte, and then Lambert came from Memphis, uh, from Marshall. But yeah, but yeah, they had the connection from Charlotte. So, I, so we'll, I think we'll see. I think I think we're in a better spot now than we were last year at this point. Oh, I feel like agree. Brahms figured out what he wants, like a good mix. I, I think it definitely. I mean, it sounds like it was all a collaborative effort. So I think. I wouldn't be surprised if he even asked, you know, the current staff guys who want to stay on, you know, who do you like, sure. who do you know, sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, we're in a much better spot to find someone that will work this time around. The one potential bummer I was reading about, because Brian Newbert kind of hit on it in the chat, and Adam, Adam, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN that covers the Big Ten also brought up on Twitter was if Notre Dame's going after Alabama's wide receiver coach, and if they swing and miss on him, Jamarcus Shepard's probably their next target. So, yeah, I mean, he and Barclay and even I think Brian Brown, I think they've sniffed other opportunities these past oh, few yeah. years and they haven't got any. I mean, it's rare to keep a position coach this long anyways at a program like Purdue. All three of, all um, three of them for um, five years. But I got to think the wide receiver coach opening would be more attractive than most of the other positions. Yes. 
just because of the depth we have and just right. the, kind of the office we run. Yeah, office we run, the reputation we've built uh, in the last couple of years. Um, man, if, if he goes to Notre Dame, it's going to be two coaches that I really like at Notre Dame. It's going to make it a little bit harder to, to hate them, but still uh, still not. I still won't have too much trouble hating Notre Dame. Ultimate Boiler giving us a wave on YouTube. Hey, Ultimate Boiler, thanks for uh, hanging in there with us tonight. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, if Shepard's happens to leave, I know I texted you guys this earlier. I'd love to see him take a swing at Taylor Stubblefield. Yep, he's the wide receiver coach at Penn State right now. I'd, I, I'm guessing he's making pretty decent money there. Don't know if we can match that or not, but I mean, he's one of the boiler greats, so that'd be cool. Do you think take a shot? So Shepard's co-offensive coordinator. True. So would that be a, a bump up to give him a chance? And like you said, Brian Brom has sniffed around other offensive coordinator jobs. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to make the wide receivers coach the play caller. No. But <laughs> it, it's a title, weird. A title it, raise. It's weird, these titles, how yeah. how important they are. I guess I, until Brom came to Purdue, I never really realized how much like a co-coordinator title was important, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's like a big, big deal. I'd never really heard of that until all of a sudden it's co, and then this year it was triple co, co, co. <laughs> defensive coordinators. Yeah, which I guess is blessing in disguise now. Yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, in a week or two, we'll have the answers and um, we'll be able to report back on on the podcast. Uh, Ultimate Boiler on YouTube hadn't heard anything about Shepard. Where did this? Co- when did this come out? Um, some rumors today. today. It was Brian Newbert of Gold Black Illustrated in the chat mentioned uh, Notre Dame possibly going after him if they strike out on Alabama's wide receivers coach. And Adam Rittenberg of ESPN also tweeted something similar. So, yeah, it's out there. It's out there. So where there's That's smoke, surprising. yeah. Well, yeah I'm honestly, I'm, I was kind of surprised that he's been around for five years at Purdue because I thought he would have moved up. And he's a Fort there. Wayne guy too. Notre Dame probably wants to attack that market if they can. I mean, I know they don't take tons of Indiana guys, but usually if there's a couple primetime ones, they usually get in. Usually on there's it. always yeah one or two guys in Indiana every year that are worthy, worthy in quotations of the Notre Dame offer, and they usually get. I mean, they usually are. Yeah, good, pretty, probably good batting average. I mean, I'm, I'm, I thank God that they didn't offer Brady Allen because who the hell knows what would happen there. But they were interested. They in Ohio State, but COVID kind of ruined him going yeah. to those camps. So, um, yeah, yeah. Did you guys happen to see uh, Tom Dean Hart's offensive defensive awards? I did not. Okay, let me bring it up here real quick. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, let's see here. Of course, I gotta scroll down. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. I should have done research about this, but I didn't. Going back to our first, our preseason pod about like mm-hmm. different, like who was gonna have the most whatever. I think I said Payne Durham got the most touchdowns, which I was way off on that. <laughs> um, Next year, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, his defense awards, the MVP. Carl Loftus, hard to argue that. Uh, guess who he said for breakout player? On defense? Mm-hmm. Jalen Graham. That would have been a good one, but that nope. been, yeah. Um... Breakout player. Jack Sullivan. Another good guess. It wasn't Jefferson, was it? Branson Ding. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Said he had uh, nine and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, in addition to 26 tackles. Hmm. Uh, best performance. Ooh. Was it Graham? Yeah, yeah he had a – didn't he have a couple picks in a – he, he had like a slew of like three, three or four games where I was like, man, if he continues this, he might be gone after this year. He, but. he had that big game against Nebraska, but that wasn't, yeah. that wasn't the game he mentions here. Was it Karloftis? Wasn't Karloftis. Jalen Alexander in the Music City Bowl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 19 tackles, 10 solo. Yeah. But he also said hats off to Cam Allen, um, two picks against Iowa. That's right. Yeah, Cam, yeah, Cam, he's solid. I'm glad that we're going to have him back another year. Play of the year. What do you think he said play of the year was on defense? That fourth down stop on the Music City Bowl? <laughs> Probably should have been, but he, he picked something uh, else. I, do I – am I – I feel like Jalen Graham, like against Nebraska, did he have a fumble recover touchdown or an interception touchdown or something? I 
Against Nebraska, yeah. He yeah, that. yeah, that was like a pitcher. Like a, it was just, is it from either the game. Iowa or Michigan State game? No. No. It's in a loss. Defensive play in a loss? I have no idea. It's Carl Office's 56-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown against Wisconsin. That's right. Duh. Yeah, okay. The place was rocking because it tied it up. Yeah. Key injury was, of course, Corey Trice. Yeah. Top newcomer. Fanusi Kane. I don't even know who like was in like who was in was it I mean or could it be transfers or transfers included? Is it, I would assume. He has a lot of them mention mentioned. He uh Jamari Brown, Chris Jefferson were mentioned, but he went with another guy. He said Brown was my chill, was my guess. Ultimate Boiler got it right here. Oh, Adrian Jenkins. Forgot about him. And he also says, how about DeMarcus Mitchell's fumble slash deflection against Tennessee? Yeah, that was a big play. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, I think I remember texting you guys, like, we have to get a stop here because they get the ball after half, and we did. We scored. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to stop. I didn't even yeah. care about a score. <laughs> Biggest surprise, he mentions Kadron Jenkins, Jamari Brown, Lawrence Taylor, but he said he's going to go with Kieran Douglas. Okay. Because after um, – Did he walk on? After – yeah, he has fifth-year senior walk-on. After uh, Smithy went down, Douglas kind of stepped up in his role. 66 tackles, three tackles for loss, and a pick. Uh, players to watch in 2022. Jalen Graham. Uh, he, inc- he includes uh, four, four of the, uh, four of the uh, transfers, but he said keep an eye on incoming freshman Joe Strickland. I'm, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see what he does. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people want him to be what Carl Optus was his freshman year, but I don't think that's going to be the case because she's. I don't think he's big enough. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm actually really intrigued to see if we can get Yanni Carl Optus into the mix because he right. ne- we never really saw him this nope. year at all, except in blowouts. Yep. Or the you know the UConn game was a blowout, but right. So hopefully we can. I think he did definitely need to get bigger. I think he that injury he had in high school still bugging him a little bit, but we'll see. Offensive side of the ball, real quick. MVP, David Bell. Correct, David Bell. I mean, you could you could argue O'Connell. O'Connell. I mean, it's, I mean, considering what he just did at the yeah. table. Help a breakout player. It's gonna be Brock Thompson. Milton Wright. He went with Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. He, uh, he said he well, had already broken out to a degree, but he took things to the next level. That's that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean he, like, is he the number two quarterback, returning quarterback in the Big Ten right oh, now? Oh, I think no doubt. Yeah. Yes, no but doubt. it's a wide margin between number one and number two. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And, yeah. and, and then you can all, you can make argument, you know, Tanner Morgan's probably behind him. Sean Clifford, uh, two mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Is he that, back again? Clifford? Yeah, he decided to come back. He okay. decided to come back. <laughs> well, that, should, that, should, that should make – <laughs> Ultimate Boiler said Greg Long MVP for the beer chug against yeah. Iowa. Did you guys buy that shirt from uh, the shop yet? I have not. No. I have not, but Thad Mooney has. No. Best for performance. Oh, is this David? It's got to be a David Bell. Is it one of Iowa? Was it Aiden O'Connell Music City Bowl? Brock Thompson Music City Bowl? Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there was like four or five. You could probably argue. I mean, how many two hundred yard games did David Bell have this year? Like I mean, I mean, three. he said Aiden, Aiden and David Bell both both had some uh, spell binding performances. But Thompson's effort in Music City Bowl was one for the ages, playing on two bad knees that will require surgery. And yeah, torn meniscus. I think that's yeah. what they said too. That says the uh, Greg Long shirt is glorious. Hey, shop shirts are soft as hell. How about play of the year? Ooh. Play of the year. Hayne Durham's touchdown in the fourth quarter of the Music City Bowl. Got that it. was it? Oh, okay. I, was, I thought yep. it might have been David Bell's making the Michigan State player like go through a spin cycle on the sideline. Oh, that's I forgot about this. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Ultimate Boiler says that uh, Thompson played on two bad knees and lost a childhood friend the day before the game. I think he had something written on it. A towel or a wristband, and they asked him what it meant, and he said, "Yeah, he'd lost a friend the day before, which is just awful." And I thought he said something really cool in the post game. He said he didn't know how he played through the injuries throughout the game, but he said he was trying to give it all for Jackson Anthrop. 
because yeah. he said they, this guy deserved to win the game. I just thought it was really cool how he was. I'm not gonna lie. I think I think the, I was because I had to listen to bad timing with girlfriend's family in town and girlfriend not being a pretty aggressive, not really giving a rat's ass about the game. Um, <laughs> I'd listen to the kick on the radio, which was cool to hear Newton. Yeah, um, and those guys go crazy. But I think I I believe they interviewed Thompson right after the game. And I was tearing up. I'm not gonna lie, just because he we could just tell he was just absolutely spent and just like what it meant to him. And it was it was pretty cool to listen to. It was either him or Finner, and I can't remember. But shout out to both of those guys. Yeah, Finner was nails in that game. He could have been newcomer. I guess he had a little hit a couple rough rough spat. Rough I forgot about yeah this play. Too. Yeah, what ultimate boiler says Jackson's play against Michigan State could have been in there for play of the year too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, key injury was Horvath. I I mean I don't yeah. think there's. The uh, top newcomer was an interesting one. It wasn't Brock Thompson. He said a case can be made, but he went with somebody else. Because you got to think Brock going into the Music City Bowl at 270 yards. Yeah, he, like, he, I mean, I, I think I heard a boiled sports system. Like, you, you would have thought that he had a lot better stats, but he, his stats were pretty pedestrian going to that game. Right. Um, top newcomer. I don't think you guys are going to get this one. Well, give us a freaking chance. Oh, I think uh, I'm, I'm not, giving you a chance. It's not Witt, the offense of the guard. Yeah, and Andrew proves me wrong. No. It's all right. <laughs> Tyler Witt. Yep. I forget that he was a newcomer. I forgot why I thought he had I probably wouldn't have guessed him had you said, like, oh, you're yeah. not going to get this. He liked Maybe a couple more tweets. Uh, biggest surprise. I mean, I, you could make a case O'Connell. for O'Connell. Yeah, O'Connell. You could make start. a case. He, did, he didn't pick him, but, I mean – I mean, I would say his level of play was definitely a surprise, but this guy's production, I or I agree with his pick here. Biggest surprise, Milton, right? No, that was a good one though. I mean, because he definitely turned it on. I mean, at the beginning of the year it was a little like, "Ooh, boy, this oh, kid." This is this is just offense. Yeah. Can you say like the entire offense was it Jackson? Jackson Anthrop. Okay, he, he really he really hadn't done much the last two years. Yeah, he finished this year with 53 receptions for 570 yards and five touchdowns. He also ran it 21 times for 81 yards, and he filled most of the punts for the year. So mm-hmm. yeah, That's a good one here. Forgot about him. We didn't even talk about him. We were talking about running backs. Dylan, Dylan Downing. Downing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, lastly, player to watch for 2022. Garrett Miller. That's a good one. That's a good one. No, he went with more of an unproven guy. I'm doing Romagna scene. That's a good one too, but yeah, even more underproven than him. More unproven than him. Mm -hmm. He's got like four catches. (laughs) I I know. (laughs) I mean, Colin Sullivan had what two catches this last music city bowl? That was his first catch of the year. Deion Burks, who made one catch there in the music city bowl for 26 yards. Yeah. Um, he said he looks to be poised to become a key member of a 2022 wideout unit that also bolstered by incoming transfers Tyrone Tracy and Elijah um, Canyon 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 yeah Canyon from Auburn. So I mean, it's crazy to think if Milton Wright it can't play next year, Tracy might be wide receiver number one mm-hmm. or Brock Thompson. But yeah, there's gonna yeah, be a, lot, a full wide receiver room again. And before the game, I was thinking like this game doesn't matter. Just I know, just be competitive. Just I, the big thing was just I just don't get blown out. That was my my big right. thing is like don't have a repeat. Um, and the fact that we did win, like it was like wow, like I am so much more excited for next year. I mean, if we would have lost, I probably would still be pretty excited. But like just the fact that we won it was like we could do some damage next year, assuming everything like we don't lose important guys or no one gets hurt. Obviously, not, which is you can never predict, but. I mean, with the schedule we have, and like, I mean, the receiving core showed that you know, as long as everyone can stay healthy, we like, we'll obviously miss David Bell and some of those guys, and even Milton Wright if he, if he can't come back, which I hope he can. I think we'll be all right, and assuming you know, because O'Connell, I mean, like I said, I'll be have the utmost confidence in him compared to the fact I didn't even want him to be starting at the start of this year. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, seventy-one percent completion percentage on the year, which was a Purdue record, fourth mm-hmm. in the country. It's coming back, plenty of experience. Weapons, like you said, mm-hmm. um, offensive line that's starting to get experience and, and improved a lot throughout the years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if Purdue can beat Penn State, 
week one on September 3rd, watch out. Because yeah. they might. It's not, I mean, it's not crazy to think Purdue might win nine or ten games. I know that's like <laughs> by, in the regular season. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I think I think Purdue should be a contender in the West. Should be. Should be, yeah. I mean, Olton Buller has a comment there. Mershon Rice. Yep. Have him back out there. Yep. Um, I mean, TJ Sheffield, hopefully he, I don't, I don't know if we saw anything about his. What, He's his just injury. in the boot. He's in the okay. boot. So. Yeah, I mean, that was a hell of a catch that he made. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I mean, yeah. You've seen he'll be back. I mean, you get these two transfers. Um, I mean, Sullivan, like you said, Preston Terrell, uh, who played yeah, a little I mean, bit. Which it was funny they mentioned on the broadcast how Terrell was trying to come in for Thompson a couple of times and Thompson would wave him off saying he was going to stay in the game. Yep. I mean, uh, Ultimate Boiler said, "Dude, Ross said will be nuts when Penn State comes to town." It, I mean, that's got to be a night game, right? I mean, it's going to have to be a night game. I would think. I mean, it I could mean, it even it, be could it even be a candidate to be moved is, up uh, like Ross was like, a couple of years ago? You think, yeah. You think Purdue will be preseason ranked? Wouldn't shock me. We should be ranked. I don't know when the final. I'm assuming finally AP poll comes out. What next Tuesday? Yeah, then, if, if we're not ranked nine to four, I'll be pretty disappointed. Especially, you mean the fact that yeah, we have better record than Penn State. We had no, no bad losses. No bad losses, um, and we weren't blown out either. Uh, not I mean Notre Ohio Dame, State was the worst. Uh, yeah, yeah. But everybody got everybody got the Ohio State team. Yeah, yeah, I don't really count. Uh, before we move on to basketball, I did. Stab Mooney got back with us about rule, uh, the rule out bounds rule. As I stated during the game, I no longer know rules. And with some of the calls and reverses reviews during the game, the defender came back and bounds with pain seems legal. Only thing I could find was the defenders stepping out of bounds on kickoffs takes them out of the play. I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, interesting. It's like Thad and I have talked many times. What is a catch anymore? Because we don't know. Well, there was we had the whole thing during the game where Sullivan's catch wasn't a catch, but then right. there was there was a catch question for Tennessee. And I was like, if they call this a catch, and Sullivan's catch, I was like, I don't, like this is. I think they've been. I think they. And then Sheffield's the, made me nervous when they started reviewing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ultimate Boiler said, "Rank them both and have college game day come." I mean, I mean. I, I do know Notre Dame plays at Ohio State in week one next year, but I don't know if that's on a Saturday or a Sunday or the Monday. I don't I don't know off the top of my head. I forgot that it's Sunday or Monday games. In the yeah. Because a lot of times Notre Dame gets a Sunday or Monday game if it's on the road, so that wouldn't shock me. But if not, maybe. I mean, maybe that's a game day chance. It would be sweet to have game day back for the first time since 04. Yeah. So, yep. Biggest question. Does the football team get new uniforms next year? Well, I mean, we kind of got a new one this year with alternate gold. But, yeah, it, it's, it's. I would say it's time. But, well, I mean, that's Nike's decision, I guess. Yeah. I want new, new basketball, basketball uniforms. Yeah, I would rather have new basketball before we have new football. I mean, I, I think our basketball uniforms, I mean, they're not awful, but. I it's mean, been I the just, same for like. I just look back when Purdue got really good and. 08, 09, 10, and got the – I mean, now looking back, I mean, the jerseys were huge and the shirts <laughs> were huge, but those jerseys were still sick when they came out. Yeah. Those were so cool. Yeah. Even though they are awful on TV, but yeah. so cool. Who cares? But uh, since we're talking basketball, let's go <sighs> ahead and talk hoops. Uh, the Boilers upset at home Monday by Wisconsin. And they upset me. Infuriating game. <laughs> I blame I blame Tanner for telling us the stat I that know, was I know, right when I said it. Four times. Well, I felt bad when I texted you guys about when we were gonna do this podcast. It was like people are gonna be amped to watch this podcast, assuming basketball doesn't ruin it. And then they freaking so this podcast tanks. It's my fault for thinking that. You know, I mean Johnny Davis goes off for half of Wisconsin's point, 37 to 74. Which um, He's a stud. I mean, oh, he's very good. I mean, that was the best performance by an away player I'd seen since Evan Turner back in 2010. Um, yeah. But Davidson's a little punk. Um, he's won every arena now in the Big Ten. Um, yeah. This was Wisconsin's first I'm win at Mackey since 2014. I, I heard them say that in the first half, I think. And then I think I muted the game with like – 12 minutes left, and I'm like, I, I don't want to hear any more about this. It was just a fair rating. I mean, I, I missed most of the first half doing a podcast. Uh, you guys were keeping me filled in what was going on, and 
Then I watched the whole second half and just missed a lot of bunnies. Um, we're getting killed in the offensive boards. I mean, we might have won the total by the end of the game, but they were out hustling us. They were giving better effort. Um, I mean, I mean, we had there, all- was, there was a thread on Twitter. Someone kind of went through like our lapses, and there was we had a lot of guys just standing. I mean, it was going back to I mean, the offensive rebounds, which is what happens. We had a lot of guys standing around. Like you had a couple times where Trey, you know, just looking at the ball and not finding the body to box out. Ivy was guilty of it a couple times. It was, I mean. Wisconsin did what they do is they make the game ugly and we they played we, the game going you know played in the way that they wanted to play which is not the way that Purdue plays and that had had it been you know reverse I think we would have run away with it um it really sucks now because I'm listening I'm listening to a couple podcasts that were recorded before the games like college basketball and they're like oh yeah Purdue's you know Purdue's gonna take care yeah, of Wisconsin no. there's no there's 12 and a half one favorite yeah they're gonna be province like god damn it I know I know what was Purdue at Rutgers what was the line for that one it was oh. in double digits. Yeah. Which records now started to play better ball. Rutgers stop calling our games. I know. I love the guy, but, man. He was on our mm-hmm. NC State game, too, which took overtime to win. Yeah. Uh, Ultimate Boiler said, I blame everyone who gloated about IU's loss to Penn State for why we lost. Uh, yeah, I, I'm always careful when that stuff happens because I yeah. believe it does come around to bite you. Yeah. Um, I was in, I'm was i in the group message with another buddy who's a Purdue fan and another one who's an IU fan. And and right when Pitt State won the other day, the <laughs> Purdue fan sent a Pitt State gift to the IU fan. So what's the IU fan do when Wisconsin wins? Yep. Since it's a Wisconsin gift, I'm like, yep, that's pretty well played. That's why I just stay out of it. But, um, yeah, uh, it just uh, a lot, missed a lot of bunnies. Like I said, I thought it, uh, one huge play was – Jaden had uh, Edie open and fired to pass, like 100 miles mm-hmm. per hour, two feet away from him. Goes through Edie's hands. They get the ball because they capitalized, it seemed like, almost every time we turned it over. Um, Davidson had a big three to put him up, I believe. I don't remember how much. It was like with a couple minutes left. That was really – I almost felt like the dagger at the time. Um, Got to get better production out of the point guards. Isaiah Thompson, Eric Hunter just hurting this team really bad. I mean, you had between Thompson, Sasha, Hunter, I think Newman. I think you had like they five, were all like 10 bad. points. Like, and, and Sasha bad. had eight of them. Yeah. Hunter had two of them. Yeah, it's just, it's, we can't have that, especially when you have Ivy who has a sit for most of the first half with foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was, I wanted to throw my phone away because Davison took a took a charge, which gave oh. Ivy his second foul, um, which he was falling before he he hit him. But of course he was. You're muted, Andrew. Um, um, yeah, on the fast break, right where there wasn't yeah. even contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, classic Davison. Um, but it was just frustrating, just because I mean. And they kind of mentioned during the game, too, is like when our offense is not clicking, our defense suffers, which should never be the case. I mean, obviously easier said than done, but just and this was just so frustrating. Just we've got so much talent, and and, uh, and Brian Newbert has alluded to it before. Is like sometimes I think our, you know, awesome offense can be our downfall sometimes because you can kind of – I mean, we saw it with Nichols. Like, we should not have given up 90 points to Nichols. Um, that dude was unconscious for a little while. He was, while. which, like, some of those shots were just stupid, and it was, you know, hats off to him for hitting some of them. But it's like I – mean, that was like an NBA game where it was just – which, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it if it's like – if that's like Michigan, like it was, you know, in 2018, 2018 or whatever. Or, but for the fact it's Nichols – I mean, yeah, Nichols gave Wisconsin the game without Davis, but it's like we shouldn't do that if we're who we think we can be it, yeah and that's so it was definitely the signs were there and so we'll see ultimate boiler said he was at the game monday so didn't get a good view but was that final play a held ball in your guys opinion we all thought it was um oh when they play. i think we tried to foul or it might have been. I think when we tried to hold, I was. I honestly, I was just like so pissed off and kind of flushed. I wasn't really paying that much attention, but I do know that we were trying to foul, and they just swallowed their whistle, even though they know we're trying to foul. Um, so I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. Yeah, I wasn't either. I was more frustrated that we couldn't get on that loose ball. Yeah. Um, but it was just the hustle plays. They got all the loose balls. You know, Zach Eady. Uh, pointed to it after the game that he he uh, didn't play hard enough and you know wasn't aggressive enough and they still hustled us and Pay- Painter on last night on the radio show 
uh, multiple times he said we have to get tougher and play hard. Oh, yeah, we do. So. Yeah, I mean, the fact that our that's, – and that's what worries me, I mean, looking way ahead to, like, a tournament game. Like, our guards get bullied so easily, yeah. and that's very concerning. Especially I mean, now it, getting into the Big Ten. Yeah, and just even, like, looking, looking at a team like Baylor, whose defense is stupid good right now, like, I'm like, if we play them right now, we might lose by 30. Like, I don't I don't know that's just me being – going off one game um, and me being mad a couple days later, but um, – yeah, I, that's just, I mean, you know, Isaiah gets bu- bullied a lot. You know, Hunter can get bullied a lot. Sasha can get, you know, bumped off, you know, catch, is catching the ball at, you know, 35, 40 feet. Um, Ivy's really the only one who can really take it. I mean, obviously, Morton's a bigger guard, but he's not a, a point guard by any means. But, yeah, that's just, we have, there are 17 games left in the Big Ten, so there's plenty of time left. I mean, we've we've seen this before with Painter teams. We know that Painter teams always get better as the season goes on, but when you've, you've dropped a away game you shouldn't have lost and you've dropped a home game to a team you should beat um it's very frustrating i didn't and, think and your one them. win was a game you had to scratch almost fell apart get, almost fell apart and they were missing their best player right um i didn't think we'd lose a home game this year but it just shows you how hard it is to go into oh, yeah. home that's why purdue's only done it twice and since Mackey opened i believe the 2010 11 season 18 19 season yeah um but it was just frustrating. Hopefully, that's the only one we see at home. And I do. I will say, I feel better about Saturday's game at Penn State after a loss than I yes. would have been after a win because I think this hopefully now has the guys' attention. They did just beat IU. I mean, they should be locked in. I I get that logic, but I feel like the last like six weeks has been like, oh, that should wake them up. Yeah, I know. I know that's good too because I feel like they've been in a funk or just walking through the motions casually since they got ranked number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the last couple, the last, especially the non-con game after the Butler game, I feel like they just wanted to get to conference season. Right. They just wanted to just like <clears throat> sick of playing these, you know, incarnate words. Cause even in the incarnate word game, like we did not look great. No, um, no. Well, it was just, by like 18 or something. Yeah. Which part of it was like this, I, our, yeah. our walk-ons aren't yes. great, but God yeah. love them. Um, Chase yeah, Martin just, likes to shoot. Hey, hey, if he wants to be like his dad, I'm fine with that. Um, But I just felt like they were just like, just give us the conversation. That's when it really matters. And then like, if we finally got here and it was like, all right, now we're going to, now we're going to do what we do. And it's like, hold on, hold hold the brakes because you're good, but you're not, you you can't just show, you can't just expect us to show up and the other team to be afraid of you because you have that, that low number next to your name. I mean, we got to take it one game at a time and just win, win, win. But I, I, I'm one of those people. I do look ahead to schedule a little bit. And we're at Penn State Saturday. Then we're at Michigan Tuesday. Yeah, Michigan's already got six losses. They had five all year last year. But in Ar- in Arbor's going to be rocking. And you got Nebraska at home on Friday. And then the next week's a gauntlet at Illinois, at Indiana, Northwestern at home. The yeah. three-game week. So. And those two, I mean, those two road games are going to be – I mean, the students are back. You know, it's going to be – I mean, obviously, Illinois, they're now probably looking to be the favorite to win the conference as of right now. Um, I mean, they had a very impressive win. I mean, it was Minnesota, which we really didn't know a whole lot about Minnesota coming into the year, but they were at one point winning by, like, 30. Um, and then, obviously, Indiana's Indiana. It's a, it's a rivalry game. They haven't beat us in a million years. They're going to be amped for, you know, Woody's first home game. And for and also, Jackson Davis is probably shooting free throws already for that game. <laughs> He'll shoot forty of them. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's not gonna be easy. And even the Michigan game. Like students will be back for that. Like it's gonna be their, they're gonna be probably desperate to get a good win because right now they're mm-hmm. they before yesterday they were Lenardi's first team out and they're definitely out now. So they they need that quad one win badly if they want to be considered for the tournament right now. Uh, Brian Hannon on Facebook says there have been plenty of opportunities for them to get locked in. I will believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, hoping, too, I'm hoping it's Saturday. A lot of it starts with the seniors. I think when I mean, you got to get yep. I mean, Sasha and, you know, Trey specifically, and obviously Hunter, which I know Hunter's definitely in a funk. I'm not sure if the coming off the bench is really affecting him more than we thought it would, but they, they need to, those guys need to be locked in hundred percent. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, First and Newman didn't play at all in the second half the other day, so no. Nope. Oh well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, is that a sign of things to come, or is that just a one-game thing? Because uh, so I, I think our rotation first... eventually will shorten up. Oh, yeah. first, first didn't play much the second half of the Rutgers game either, right? 
Right. He hasn't played a lot. Of, he, yeah. He's been a, since, he's been a, since like really, I feel like he came back from Connecticut. He's kind of mm-hmm. had some struggles, which I mean, freshman, freshman, you know, whatever. But hopefully, he can find some rhythm. But yeah, I'm worried about Newman. Um, I mean, he's such a he's a really good shooter. I think I think he can find it, but it's just it's tough too because you put these guys in for you know little you know spurts to to spell someone. It's like it's hard for them to get into a rhythm. And so they try and, you know, maybe force some things to get themselves going to hopefully have the, you know, give the coach reason to keep them in, but then they force some things and it doesn't work out. And then it's, and then things can snowball. So it's, I mean, I'm glad I'm not getting paid. I wish I was getting made, paid more than a million dollars, but not to make these types of decisions. Yeah. It's uh big 10 season makes me love and hate college basketball at the same time. It's just a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. I mean, the nice uh, thing we, we've talked about this before and, you know, another podcast. The good thing about basketball, there's always there's usually a game pretty quickly versus football. We have to wait Saturday to Saturday. It's like got to be miserable for a whole freaking week versus like I mean, yeah, like we're there's a Monday we have a Saturday game. But I'm, I'm glad in this case that we do have to wait till Saturday because I'm sure Painter is kicking their ass this week and hope so, hope so, and you hope it gets their attention. I mean, that's all so, you can hope for. So one thing about Saturday, Shrewsbury knows us better than anybody. So yep, no, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And you got Grady Eifert on staff too, so that'll be. Ah, I forgot about that. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if he can play in the manager game. That'd be a good manager game if he That'd could play against game. PJ and and uh, Tommy Loose. Which, yeah. why if PJ plays, why can't Spike play? Or maybe he just doesn't play. Because he, I think old. Purdue he, Purdue could have. I don't care. Purdue could still have the best <laughs> manager team. He put Spike Loose and PJ on the team. It's a I don't know. But uh, any other thoughts before we do some sponsor reads to close this pod out about either the bowl game or, or basketball? Hell of a football season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. already was, you know, eight wins. Yeah. We were hoping just to make a bowl and yep. get the bucket back. But the fact that you, when you fact you've got two top five wins, one of them being on the road, we won five games away from Rossi, which we haven't done since it's been 1943. Yeah, which is incredible <laughs> um well you you pointed out webby nine wins this year yeah the hazel era which is just which then like our it sent everybody back into a time capsule of yeah how the hell did we survive those four years it's unbelievable like yeah. it's funny i i watch a lot of uh uh, Barstool Sports has the dozen. It's a trivia show multiple times a week, and they'll do college football stuff. And a lot of times, trivia questions are like down thirteen to sixteen. And I look at my dad. I'm like, we were so awful. I didn't even pay attention to the rest of the college football no. landscape because it took my interest out of everything. Yeah, so I don't remember those years. Yeah, I, yeah. It was just I had no interest in any other game. I, mean, I remember sitting in the stands of us just getting our teeth kicked in by Wisconsin by like it was like a million to three or something. Literally. I don't even remember. It was pouring rain, like questioning every decision I've ever made. Like, why did I, why did I go to school here? Why didn't I go to Ohio state or something? I yeah. don't know, but and it, yeah. and this makes it all worth it. It does. To, it, does. And it does. To finally be back in Ross aid after a year was awesome. And to witness the amazingness that is David Bell. Um, I mean, AOC was a revelation. Yep. I, mean, I mean, he's turned into one of my favorite boilers of all time. Went to being, yeah, he's, he's a, hey, he's a great backup. He's a starter backup. You know, he's obviously not going to light the world on fire, but then he went to literally lighting the world on fire. And so now, like, <laughs> he's now, you know, the talks of, you know, unlike Michael Penix being the second best QB in the Big Ten, if not the best. I mean, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, can't wait to play Ohio State in Indy next week, next year. Oh, man. Oh You're getting me excited now. <laughs> I, I I do want them to get uh, Jeff pin the paper on a new contract. That, that's the, that's the big thing. It's just get like, it done, please. I, I I think I tweeted from our accounts like he better have had a new contract on his desk no. by the time he got back to West Lafayette. It, it but... wouldn't shock me if wheels are in motion behind the scenes or if something's done. Oh, and they yeah. just wait wait for a while to announce it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this whole Lambert thing kind of put yeah. a wrench in some things, but you'd think that they well, obviously our wish list is new contract for Jeff, bigger assistant coaches, salary pool. Um, and yeah, just keep it, keep as many guys, and hopefully, no. We've had a, we've had a few departures since the bowl game, but hopefully, nobody too significant. Right. And the basketball right. just win a freaking game. Just yep. Win. Just, just go win. on. A, just win seventeen straight, and we'll be fine. This game won't matter. 
You're right. You're right. Hey, lot, we, did, we did it in we did it in 1718. So why a lot of the analysts aren't worried yet. So I'm like, okay, they know more than I do. And and, and I always like to be a believer in the saying things are never as good as they appear, never as bad as they appear. Yeah. So, um, now if we lose Saturday, oh boy. <laughs> I'm staying off the message boards for like ever if we lose Saturday. Yeah. So I mean this podcast will be fired up next week if we lose Saturday. So um yeah. But Saturday, game's at noon, lunchtime. You're going to be hungry. So make sure you get some uh, pizza for Mad Mushroom. Uh, but also, they got a deal that's out just for today. Today is uh, National Keto Day. Huh. Uh, there are a lot of keto diets going on. So you can get a crustless pizza bowl. Uh, it's their traditional pizza sauce with your choice of up to three toppings covered with mozzarella cheese and baked together in a bowl. So you can get that. And that's only for – it starts at $10. And also, being January, it's 2022, it's a new month. The January pizza of the month is the Killer Bees. It's the barbecue sauce topped with chicken, bacon, banana peppers, and mozzarella cheese. Finished with a ranch swirl and served with a side of ranch, starting at 14 bucks. So you can get two of those pizzas, and you can save $5 off your order, since it would be over $20. Because if you tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you, or if you use coupon code BREAK5 for $5 off any order over $20. Um, of course, Mad Mushroom's been in the heart of West Lafayette and serving Boilermakers since 1993. Get yourself some cheese sticks or any of those pizzas like I mentioned. Uh, make sure you use that discount code code at their website madmushroom.com mad mushroom feed your head and webby if you're like me you got some uh money for christmas you're looking to spend yes, uh, sir. the shop's got a abundance of purdue merchandise and apparel to to Absolutely. buy and if you're in if you're you know being in indiana if you're a colts fan colts looking to have probably clinch a playoff spot this saturday or sunday Wait, did they play Sunday or did they play Sunday? If, if they if they lose to the Jaguars, they don't deserve yeah. to playoffs. But they shot came up with a new shirt. I think it was yep. that was a, a redesign of an old classic where they say "Run the damn ball." Um, so if you're a Colts fan, go check out their website. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and if you use code Breakdown, you get twenty percent off any order. They still got obviously all the NIL shirts for all the Purdue athletes. They, they came out with three new Purdue Pete. Uh, shirts mm-hmm. right before Christmas. I got two of them for Christmas. I love them. Although I wore one for the first time yesterday or on Monday, so maybe not wear it again for a while. I gotta gotta wash. You're the, one of uh, those guys, huh? Uh, yeah, as much as I hate to admit it, <laughs> my yeah. dad is my dad is big time. So. There was a while where I would wear the same shirt to a basketball game until we lost. Oh yeah, so, my dad, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I got to. Uh, I wore, I got a, a different shirt so that, uh, that I wore for the Magic City Bowl for the first time. You're so gonna be doing, be doing a lot of laundry then in a few weeks, and we've got three games and produce three games in one week. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, visit the shopindy.com. They've got anything Purdue. If you've got, obviously, Andrew being a Butler grad, they've got awesome Butler mm-hmm. stuff. I'm actually kind of jealous of some of the Butler stuff. Um, Andrew, you were at the Butler game a couple of days ago, and they were, the shop was doing they, the T-shirt they did, toss. They've been, yeah, they've been doing it now maybe for just the Big East. They're throwing out, like, shop shirts. I was like, wow. They do that at Purdue because I would I – will. Yeah trample a kid to get one. I was going to take out a kid. He's, he's going to go low enough. I might do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's much better than the double XL, whatever yeah, sure, yeah. they, that they sell. So they Some sponsored double yeah. XL that nobody really wants. Yeah. So it's, I mean, super soft shirts, great quality. They have drinkware. They've got, you know, if you're a Pacer fan, sorry about your luck. I'm a Bulls fan. Oh, great that, game on New Year's Eve. They are just um, worthless to watch. Um, yeah, but yeah, they got cool, cool com. Yeah, yeah, cool, awesome. If you're in, if you're in the Indy area, uh, they got a, a brick and mortar store in uh, Broad Ripple. They got one at Clay Terrace and Carmel. Check them out. Good people. Pretty owned. Uh, Ultimate Boiler said he's wearing his Boilermaker special shirt to every basketball game until Monday night. Burn it. Yep. Time for a new shirt. <laughs> Well, it's funny about going back to that shirt or going to that game. My sister took my dad's and I's tickets, and she brought um, her boyfriend to the game, who was a pretty grab, but he actually never went to a game when he was a student. So this was his first basketball game. Apparently, he was having a time of his life, but I told her he can't go anymore. Nope, sorry, game. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Done. Done. So she can't go to a game. This is her first game of the year, and they're not going back anymore. That's so. what I did to my girlfriend in football season. She went to Wisconsin. Nope, done. <laughs> Just kidding. If she's listening to this, she's going to kill me. So, uh, Andrew, what's uh, Shroff Landscaping got going on? Yes, sir. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years. You can handle all of your landscaping needs. Um, 
So when you come out in the spring, they can help you out with some landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, and they are licensed lawn applicators. You can contact them today at 574-223-2769. And this podcast is also brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is uh, providing flu shots and COVID-19 shots by appointment. So you can go online or give them a call to set up their appointment, and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out their website, webrx.com, or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy, professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. And all these businesses are boiler-owned and operated. One last thing I just saw on from the Boiler Ball Twitter, There's uh, we're only one of – only school with three players on the Wooden Award top twenty-five midseason watch list: Ivy, Trey, and Edie. Edie. Yep. That's awesome. Ultimate Boiler there says my wife's first football game was Ohio State in twenty eighteen. I told her I don't know if you'll ever want to come back. It can't get any better than this. <laughs> and my girlfriend went to that game as an IU grad. She went to the Ohio State game. She saw the IU Purdue basketball game uh, with when Romeo was on IU when we when they were like they started like they're like. 30 game skit or something like that. It was, it was amazing. But my dad told her she can come back to any game she wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Well, fellas, this has been a fun podcast, even though we did have to talk a little down about the, uh, Wisconsin spoiler. sucks. Yes. Sorry, yes. Andrew. Well said, well said. That's <laughs> that, that should be the title of this podcast. Wisconsin yeah. sucks, but instead it's the boilers win a classic in Nashville, because that's how I'm remembering this podcast. Yep. Cause, uh, drink up those Tennessee volunteers. Uh, Rock, you know, hey, Rocky yeah. Top, the tune of Rocky Top. They'll, they'll always be crybabies to me. You lost an OT. With that, let's boil up, hammer down, beat the Nittany Lions. Boil up.